they cannot move. There is restriction of movement for the women and girls. Their voice, I mean, not be heard. You, you got me. From all my experience, I can tell you that vocational training is the, the key if they want to support. Urban Jungle brings stories from people around the globe that design and build a better world. I am Magda Flores and this is Urban Jungle. Welcome. Did you know that where we live and how we interact affects our well-being? Yet, when we talk about well-being, we tend to talk about me. Well-being is about we, the community and the environment we live in. It is time to shift the paradigm from me to we. Check out the Urban Wellbeing Training courses developed in partnership with the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.siwem.org. This is a slightly different approach to our usual interview format. Huweida Adairos kindly agreed to talk to me. She's originally from Yemen. Yemen is experiencing the largest humanitarian crisis in history. With war, around 12 million children are in need of food, water, shelter and medicine. Children are fighting all sorts of epidemic and pandemic famine. And on top of that, the harshness of climate change and a war all at the same time. It is particularly hard for their mothers and women in general. So why uh, talk about this? Well, today we are talking about empowerment in a fragile context in Yemen. If we think that it is normally difficult for many women around the world, well, this is an extreme case. And I can only say that Huweida Adairos is safe, she's outside Yemen, and hopes to bring awareness of the situation. When having a chat with Huweida, she was telling me that she's a gender analyst who is passionate about empowering women. Huweida has advocated gender equality and women empowerment, having worked for UNICEF, United Nations, Refugee Agency, Red Cross, including cash transfer program in Yemen, and has a master's degree in development and gender studies. My academic background, engineering, electrical and electronic engineering. I moved to this section with photography and uh, video and desktop publishing. And I took many training inside Yemen and outside Yemen. Even I conducted my internship program in Germany for uh, six weeks in uh, College of Art. And I came huge experience in art in Germany, yeah. As well as uh, I studied gender and uh, diplomat and gender studies in the university, I moved from engineering, another uh, topics and work experience, uh, shape what I am uh, now, yeah. Now, it has been about seven years of devastating conflict, according to the United Nations. And there are 23.4 million Yemenis, that is about 73% of the total population who depend on humanitarian assistance to survive. This is a huge number, where about 4.3 million are internally displaced persons and about 97,000 are refugees and asylum seekers. So refugees and internally displaced persons or IDPs have each fled home to survive. 
this is not really something that they anticipated, I'm sure. Refugees have crossed an international border to find safety, and internally displaced persons have found safety somewhere within their own country. Both are settled in camps seeking for protection, and it is this particular element, the camps and how the humanitarian assistance is actually provided. And there are different services by the host government and a number of actors, such as the UN agencies and INGOs and so forth. Uh, they are involved in this humanitarian coordination for emergency response. Now we can imagine that there are loads of development programs for sustainability under this coordination-led agency, which is the OCHA, through a coordination of meetings to avoid duplication and waste of resources. The situation has changed significantly after the 1st of April of this year, when a truce agreement was negotiated and signed by the different parties. And now appears that in certain areas there's a halt to all offensive military operations, there are lesser border attacks, and ships can now dock in some of the ports, and as well as the airport for commercial flights is open. So let's hope the situation improves. But what does that mean in terms of how do the various international organizations support refugees and IDPs? Well, there are mandates for all these activities, and of course there is a level of funding, although the funding is not always enough. So there are organizations that will be provided food items. There will be organizations that, like the UNIHCR, who would be distributing non-food items like mattresses, blankets, or uh, hygiene kits from UNICEF. Hueda Adairos has 30 years experience of working in humanitarian help, working to empower women and girls, because women and girls are the most vulnerable in Yemen. Hueda explains. Their voice, I mean, not be heard. You, you got me. Uh, they don't have uh, any option. This is a lot to do with cultural norms, gender discrimination, and abuse of power. Now, why is this so very important? One of the humanitarian programs is actually to provide money so that people can purposely buy the elements that they require. To do this, people need identification cards and legal documents to get those identification cards. Hueda tells us. They cannot move. There is restriction of movement for the women and girls. If they are not authorized by husband or father, they cannot even obtain an identity card or passport. They will not allow them to go to the payment sites to receive their cash. This program was like social protection program. Even if women managed to get an ID after much effort of convincing their men, what would happen if there wasn't enough female staff when they wanted to get their money? Hueda gives us an insight into this. Uh, you know, women in Yemen, they cover uh, their face, so how they will uh, verify if there is no female staff. But I highlight this point. And if they will come to the payment sites, if there is no female staff at the payment sites to serve them, 
they will not allow them to go to the payment sites to receive their cash. Human rights for women and girls are compromised. They really have less access to food, security, nutrition and health services since men go first, boys go first. This means that girls remain significantly less likely to have access to education because girls may only marry or get pregnant. Females' freedom of movement is highly restricted and this actually suggests that within their social norms, if family have to choose, they will prioritize boys above girls uh, because it is a waste of time to actually focus on the girls or certainly that is the, the message that we seem to get. Hiweda had the opportunity to teach at the Industrial Technical Institute of Aden and that belongs to the Ministry of Technical Education and Vocational Training for the engineering diploma level where she was actively involved in the development of new departments required by the labor market in the Institute under the program of women's career development. Active member in new programs like desktop publishing, photography and video productions with fund from the EU. And this was for girls whose families did not allow them to go to university to interact with boys. Now, the advantage of this was participating in workshops that were held in Sanaa to update the curriculum and the syllabus, development of vocational training and technical education programs. As a supervisor for graduate students, Hueda was able to invite employers. Now, of course, when we have this availability of ICT in education, it basically brings a level of gender equality. And this is the main focus of Hueda's master thesis. And it was then when Hueda moved onto the UN system and worked for the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, known as the UNHCR, performing various functions, particularly camp coordination and camp management of focal points at the south of Yemen. Her regular field visits to the IDPs and refugee camps helped identify needs and gaps, monitor and respond to sexual and gender-based violence for urban and camp populations for referral and empowerment. Empowerment of women can happen through vocational education. Women do see the need to train themselves to be able to bring food to the table and one way to doing so is by working. Women do know they cannot rely on men. What if they get killed at war? What happens to their kids and themselves? Hueda shares a practical solution to this. Started with vocational training and then they receive a, a kit to start their uh, small business to have income, especially targeted female-headed household, the men killed or injured. This microfinance program was not that simple because, of course, what happened was that women who were suffering from poverty, normally microfinance requires from a guarantee from any property, but they are poor, so they were not able to provide this evidence. However, the suggestion from Hueira was a new approach, and it was to have this guarantee from the community sheikhs or sheikhs and the community leaders of refugees to guarantee these women. This approach was approved and the Guarantee Committee was established, T 
TOR is developed and there is a guarantee form and stamped, these are prepared and approved. I suggested to have guarantee committee from Somali Sheikh. They can guarantee these women uh, follow up their relatives to repay the loan to UNHCR, but she can get this loan to start small projects. Later on in her career, working in the agricultural sector, working with the Ministry of Agriculture, had an active rural women's department that had formed associations in all districts of LAG. And of course, that needed to happen since women contributing almost 30% in the agricultural sector were not supported. After studying the situation in the field, Cueda supports vocational training, and in this case, the projects were livestock, kitchen garden, hairdressing and dressmaking. The projects included vocational trainings in veterinary care and technical support to improve the production. It was at this point that Hueda Deiros worked with UNICEF Yemen in the largest emergency cash transfer program in UNICEF as a program officer reaching 1.5 million households in Yemen with an estimated 9 million family members across all 22 government regions and 313 districts. This ensured that poor Yemenis are supported with cash, in particular women and girls, for their identification card that tend to have lower literacy level than men. Hueda tells us what is the current need in terms of education in Yemen. If they can support the vocational training, information and communication technology, open new opportunities, new sections for uh, these girls, only for girls, those family not allow them to go to university to interact with boys. Uh, the same way we have photography and video and uh, they stop publishing. This is for girls only. And this is open new opportunities for them to have computers at home, camera, take photos, enhance photos and to gain income. So from all my experience, I can tell you that vocational training is the key if they want to support. There are many organizations supporting Yemen. Simply the United Nations is represented by 21 resident and non-resident agencies, funds and specialized programs that carry out their activities. But there is so much more to do. Hueda tells us a bit more. Part of the agenda to build or to establish a strong partnership with the government and local authorities to advocate for hiring women to participate. And now they have like new approach, which is accountability to affected the population. Information should be shared with all the community uh, to involve in the discussion, in the design of the program, what program will meet their needs. Need a lot of work, to be honest. And on top of that, we have an increased level of rain. This is due to climate change, creating floods, and the water will bring with it mud and everything with it, including unexploded bombs. Climate change, natural disaster, and the infrastructure not support against uh, this climate change. When we have floods, uh, we have, you cannot imagine how many accidents, uh, for example, we have uh, in some areas due to the conflict landmines planted in some areas due to the flood. These landmines move to other areas, not uh, identify as a landmine areas. And then how many incidents for the people, for the humanitarian workers 
due to this uh, climate uh, change or natural disaster and the complex environments, very complicated and challenging environment in Yemen. It definitely brings a different understanding of the meaning of climate change. There is more understanding and consciousness through COP26 and now COP27 environmental impacts around the world. We are all doing a little bit. Maybe we can do a lot more of the same things we're already doing. For me, I will continue. Advocate and promote to women empowerment and gender equality through education, vocational training and programs. And to share my experience and knowledge that can support women and, uh, and girls in Yemen. Because as I told you, and I will continue to be, they are the most vulnerable in Yemen. Social norms really exist, particularly on, on women and girls. This is Urban Jungle with your host, Magda Flores. Thanks for joining. And if there is a topic or people you would like to hear from, all you have to do is drop me a line. My email address is urbanwsolutions at gmail.com. Urban environments need your help. Be part of the solution. Check out our training courses on urban well-being. Developed in partnership with SIWEM, the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.siwem.org.